This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. I hope you're ready. Today we're gonna talk about YouTube. And we have somebody who what he does is he helps baby boomers and Gen Xers think like and uh, be able to earn like the young YouTubers. And he does this by really working with people on how to focus on their monetization strategy around YouTube and get there within 30 days. Now, today we're going to talk about why YouTube matters for companies and individuals and how people make mistakes around using YouTube. And our guest is Ernesto Verdugo. Ernesto, how are you today? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me here. How did you end up becoming an expert on YouTube? You're not like you're not like some 19-year-old kid in his mom's basement. It was by absolute coincidence. I, uh, as soon as we went into lockdown uh, during the pandemic, I decided with my um, business partner in Dubai to start the web TV, uh, web TV show, and we had it in Facebook. Now, in those days, the days that we were baking bread and we were trying to figure out how to get ourselves entertained because we were really in lockdown, uh, we grew an audience of about 3,000 people that were watching our show on a daily basis, and we were thrilled. The problem was the moment that the lockdown started easing off, we lost the audience, and that was incredibly frustrating. So that was, uh, that was basically the beginning of it. And then we said, well, why don't we go into YouTube? So we went into YouTube, and uh, for eight months, we created about 700 videos, and we didn't get any traction whatsoever, and it was incredibly frustrating for about – uh, seven months we were trying everything. We purchased every course under the uh, internet. We did everything we couldn't. We couldn't get it until my twelve-year-old daughter told me, uh, "Dad, I think what you're doing is you're you're learning how to do YouTube from the wrong people." I mean, all these people which are teaching you, just look at them. They have twenty thousand subscribers, twenty-five thousand subscribers, forty thousand subscribers, fifty thousand subscribers. But look at the people that I am working with and I am learning from. Uh, they have uh, 17 million, 20 million, 75 million subscribers. And I said, well, you absolutely have a point. And then I started actually learning from them. And what actually took me eight months to learn, suddenly within three months, I managed to get my channel monetized. So that's when I said, well, this is just absolutely incredible how most people our age and uh, also in the baby boomer generation just have no idea how to deal with YouTube. Yeah, no, I know, I know I didn't until I worked with you and I have learned a lot over the last three months. So before we get started and dive into this whole thing about YouTube and how, how companies can, can use it as a growth strategy for their company and how individuals can use it as a way to monetize, first, I have to thank the first sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Stanton Chase International. 
one of the leading global executive search firms serving as trusted advisors to help companies build their senior leadership team. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know that I work with Stanton Chase. So if you want to grow your senior leadership team, reach out to me and I will put you in touch with some of the best search consultants anywhere in the world. All right. So Ernesto, YouTube for me, for many years, I'd had a channel since YouTube sort of first came out, but it was really just a dumping ground for videos that I either had to make for a client uh, to promote somewhere where I was giving a speech. Maybe there was some topic that I wanted to have a video on my blog, so I would make it. I'd put it on YouTube so I could embed it into my blog. There was a hodgepodge of stuff, and I wasn't really getting a lot of views. Now, now some of the videos had thousands of views, but I didn't really do anything with that. And I, I didn't even know what like monetization was about or why I should even care about it. And, and then I ran across you and, and we worked on the channel and you taught me about how to just make it look a little more professional. Now, in full disclosure, I haven't monetized the channel yet. And it's really, in all honesty, not really my number one goal with what I'm doing with YouTube. I'm trying to use YouTube now as a way to sort of up my game as a speaker and to be able to provide uh, more information about what I what I speak about and what I do for my clients and as a way to get discovered by people who are looking for people like me. But getting more followers so that you can be monetized is also something that helps you get discovered by the algorithm and everything else. So I've learned a lot, but let's go back to sort of stage one. And why do you think that companies, we can, we can talk about individuals like you and me who have small businesses, but why do you think that companies, whether it's a small business or a big one, why do you think they fail when trying to put videos onto YouTube? Well, I think uh, many of the comments that you were doing are very uh, interesting. Uh, a lot of companies, a lot of people, they use YouTube as a repository. That's basically what they put all their videos. And uh, they, they, for example, they will uh, put as a title, video three, day one, uh, and then the date or something silly like that. That doesn't make sense. Nobody on the right mind is going to be actually searching for that. So... The uh, reason why most people or most companies do not really uh, succeed in this is because, of course, they don't really think like if they will be owning a broadcasting company. And this is absolutely important for you to understand. So YouTube is a uh, uh, actually when they got launched in 2005, their logo or their motto was broadcast yourself. And then for some reason, they remove it, which I think it's a pity because that's exactly what YouTube is all about. It's about broadcasting yourself. And uh, if you think like if you will be the channel owner of like if you will be, you know, uh, BBC, ABC, CBS, whatever it is, and you think, well, you know, I'm going to be having this uh, on my, uh, I'm going to be creating this kind of content for, for a specific type of audience, then you will start thinking differently. It's not about the company. You never do, uh, you know, content, which is, well, you know, look at how incredible I am. It's about serving an audience. It's about serving a community. It's about connecting with people. It's about bonding with people. Uh, I think one of the best examples on for, for companies to understand is if you think that you have in your power the possibility of creating videos, which are going to be connecting with your possible audience, Try to think like if you are uh, trying to become part of their uh, daily or weekly or monthly uh, life. For example, let's say in the times of um, in the times of, of uh, Seinfeld, 
you had a bond with one of the characters, whether it was uh, George or it was uh, Kramer or it was Elaine or it was uh, Jerry itself. Uh, then later on, possibly you connected in friends with uh, uh, Chandler Bing or you connected with uh, whoever it was. And uh, then if you went into Two and a Half Men, possibly you connected with uh, either one of the guys or it is like that. And this is exactly the whole thing. YouTube, it's an element of connection. If you manage to connect with your audience so that people say, well, you know, I really would like to get to see the next uh, video that they're going to be doing, your video is going to thrive. And uh, sorry, your video is going to thrive. Your channel is going to thrive. And that's what most companies don't get. They say, well, you know, it's an advertising medium. Yeah, but if nobody looks at your advertising, then it's not going to do anything. But if you try to connect with people, if you try to bond, if you try to help them, if you can figure out a way in how your content can make their lives better, your channel is going to thrive and your business is going to thrive because it's as uh, we can just call it in this day and age, it's going to be the heart of the metaverse. <laughs> so it's interesting. You talk about the thing of their original logo or their original motto was, you know, broadcast yourself. And you say that people and companies, if they're going to have a channel, it can't just be this dumping ground. It really has to be like you're running your, your, your own station, which means you have to have a plan for programming. When I turn on ABC, you know, they have a certain show on at eight o'clock at night on a Tuesday. And so should people have a schedule and what type of content should they be putting out? Should all their videos be the same? Should they be mixing things up? Because like ABC is going to have, you know, Dancing with the Stars. I don't know what station that's on, but, you know, and they're going to have a soap opera and they're going to have a drama and they're going to have a sitcom. Should all the content on a channel be one thing? Can people mix it up? How much of a broadcast should they be doing and how often should they be publishing? That's a, an amazing question. Actually, it's a very it's a very loaded question, but I like it because I think I can just then explain pretty much about the uh, content calendar. Absolutely, every successful channel needs a content calendar, and uh, in order for you to be successful in YouTube, as, at least at the very beginning, you need to be consistent. And by consistency, you need to at least have one video per week. Now, this is something that uh, I've recently learned because, of course, it's, it's just one of those things that nobody teaches you, and uh, it takes a while. In fact, if you uh, try to get your channel monetized, as you know, you need 4,000 hours of watch time and 1,000 subscribers. Now, in the beginning, YouTube didn't used to ask for this, but of course, I mean, there was a lot of content that was just absolute crap. So, basically, those 4,000 hours and those uh, 1,000 subscribers is so that you can actually learn uh, how the whole thing works in uh, in YouTube. So in reality, there's uh, four kinds of content that you need to create. Now, if you can have one of each every week, sorry, one of each every uh, month, that's perfect. But if you want to have a little bit more of everything, then it's fine. You need, first of all, you need bonding content. You need to have content where people will see that uh, they, uh, who you are, and they will bond with you. You will connect with them. And you can connect with them in many ways. For example, let's say that you have a uh, restaurant and your channel is about a restaurant. You can show them recipes. You can show them around the, the different um, parts of the restaurant. You can show them all sorts of things that are going to be 
helping you bond and how you're connecting with the community, whatever it is. So that's the bonding content. Then the other content that you need is income generating content. And this is content that has a call to action. This is super important. Say, well, you know, if you actually come to the restaurant today, you're going to be getting a 20% discount or just sign over here and uh, you will be getting VIP treatment, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. So that's the income generating content. Then you're going to have also, uh, you're going to have also educational content. So the educational content, I mean, I am taking the restaurant still as the example, but you can basically teach them how to cook the recipe or you can teach them how to run a restaurant or whatever it is whatever it is that's just perfect and now the other kind of content is just basically the 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 fun content content that you know uh, something that is going to help you bond and this is this is an important thing i was asked uh, i was actually doing an interview a couple of days ago and they were asking me well i like your analogy and your metaphor about the different programming that uh, broadcasting companies have but for example i mean um you're saying that interviews, interviewing people do not really work that well. And I said, well, I've never said that. What is very important is you have to understand what's the medium that you're using. If you're doing podcasts, people would love to hear for long podcasts. But in YouTube, you have to have short form contact, so, uh, content. And um, what is super important in doing this is that in the, uh, I mean, you look, look at this. I mean, you will connect a lot better with somebody like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel that you will connect with the anchor that is providing you the news. Now, yeah, and, and then he told me, yeah, but you know, I connected very well with Oprah or I connected very well with Larry King. Yeah, but they were, it's a very, very different thing to, to actually think of it this way. So, yes, it's good to have guests. It's good to have, uh, but you should not have all your programming on guests because that's just not, not going to work. So that's just basically more or less an idea of how you have to treat the, the, the programming in your, in your uh, channel. So you bring up an interesting point, and that is that a lot of people who and companies who have podcasts take either just the audio or the video, like we're recording this right now via Zoom, so I have the whole the whole format video. They take the whole thing and drop it onto their YouTube channel, like somehow it's magically going to become you know the next uh, you know live with with Kelly and Ryan. And the reality mm-hmm. is, for the most part, and I know there's exceptions, people don't go to YouTube to watch a half hour or an hour video. People tend to consume much of the video in smaller, more bite-sized, more entertaining chunks. So if you record a podcast like we're doing right now, would it be a smart thing for that company to do is take like a snippet of it, make like a six-minute part of the interview and highlight themselves and the person that they're interviewing rather than putting the whole 30 minutes up? Absolutely. Well, that is a, that is a great question because I, I, um, I this is exactly what I advise all my, my clients. You know, don't stop doing podcasts because podcasts – open the door to many, many possibilities. So, but bear in mind the consumption, it's very different. So what you can do is you can either divide the podcast in three or four different videos so that they would be more consumable. That's one of the tips. The others, you can do a highlight reel. So for example, if the interview was half an hour, uh, you can reduce it to seven minutes to, to six minutes. And uh, you don't have to really work that much. I'm going to actually just uh, throw a uh, tool and the tool that I use to do this is called Pictory.ai, Pictory.ai. And this tool is great. You upload the 45-minute video, and uh, you can actually chop it off in a matter of uh, five minutes. It will, and you can just chop it off in two or three videos. 
and the uh, artificial intelligence will actually just create those little um, uh, snippets of uh, one minute, two minute, three minute, whatever you tell it's going to do. And it's, it, they actually create some really cool videos. So that's the way to do it. You absolutely, I mean, if you're creating a great piece of content, there's nothing that hurts me the most that whenever I, work, I talk to my clients that have podcasts on their channel and uh, then I, I show them the retention. First of all, the retention goes within about 30 seconds of the video starting, they will lose 90% of the audience. First of all, because they have a very long intro and because they start, well, you know, today is Tuesday and it's very nice weather and, you know, it's very good to see you and blah, blah, blah. And things that, you know, they go well in a podcast, but they absolutely do not go well in a <laughs> YouTube video. Well, you bring, so you bring up an interesting point that if you're like, uh, if you, if you do your podcasts on Libsyn or some other places, you can have it automatically take the audio and just create an audio video with just your logo statically sitting there and post it automatically to YouTube. So several years ago, somebody told me this was a good idea that at the time the YouTube algorithm apparently liked long format and, uh, you know, that, oh, you can just drop this audio in. Well, by doing that, it also, nobody listens to audio on YouTube. It's not the reason people go there. Mm -hmm. So like you said, people find it because, oh, maybe the topic was good or your guest was somebody they wanted to hear. And then they realize it's just your logo with a voice over it and they listen for 15 seconds and they close it out. One of the mm -hmm. things from my understanding that YouTube likes is audience engagement. So if you've got a 30 minute video, they want to see you get to 15 minutes. They want to see people sticking at least through half. So by putting up audios onto YouTube, you're actually hurting the ability for YouTube to suggest your stuff because the algorithm is saying nobody listens, nobody watches what this person yeah. puts up there. So let's talk about the algorithm because the algorithm is something that is so mysterious to people out there in the YouTube world. Even people who are successful on YouTube don't really know exactly what's going on. So how does the algorithm work, at least from your you know, observational standpoint and what can people be doing to get that algorithm to be suggesting their videos? Yeah. Well, first of all, the most important thing is, uh, uh, and this is once again, thinking like a YouTuber. If you try to think like a marketer, if you try to think like a business person, it's just not going to work. So basically the most important thing is not to create content for the algorithm. <laughs> because then that is a big, big problem. What you need to do is you need to create content for an audience, whether it is entertaining, whether it is educational, whether it is whatever. So basically, and this is a super important thing, is uh, YouTube doesn't discriminate. The algorithm doesn't know uh, if you, uh, who you are, what you do, what's your story. I mean, they, they, it doesn't discriminate. But what they test is they test in small groups, so the moment that you upload a video, they will test it with a small group of people. If it does well, they will give it to some more people. If, you, if it does well, they will give it to, it to more people. So your focus should be to uh, make sure that you are creating quality content, content that people are going to enjoy. And uh, if people, because you were mentioning, and this is, uh, I think, an interesting point, engagement versus uh, how long do people actually stay with the video. So, um, if you and and if you go to your statistics on the uh, on the uh, back end of uh, YouTube and you see that you started the video, the video lasts five minutes and people stayed with you four minutes and thirty nine seconds, then you have a retention which is super high. If you have a video that lasts an hour and people stay with you for one minute, 
then that video is like putting a, a two-ton uh, waste uh, basket there inside of your of your channel. So it's just not going to work. So the important thing is always try to understand how YouTube is serving this to the to the content. So uh, to the uh, public, most people what they do is they think you know this content that I am that I am creating it is absolutely fantastic because uh, I think it's interesting. So you might say I'm going to do a video because I I am a, an expert in leadership. I'm going to do a video in in leadership, and then suddenly you realize that nobody's searching for that kind of content. This is one of the big things that you need to understand from the algorithm. This is basically the the uh, first element. So the first, if, if you uh, will put it in three elements, and actually it's very, very easy to understand. So the first element is uh, the, the how are going to people find out what your video is about or how the algorithm is going to find out what your video is about. So if you do a video that is about something that nobody's searching or the title of your video is uh, a day three, uh, session one, episode 29, nobody's going to search for that. So, for example, if you create a video that it is, and I was actually mentioning this uh, this example to you, I created a video that I called Vision Boards because uh, Vision Boards, and then it got about 20, 20 views, and I created about a year ago. I made a few changes, and I, I changed, uh, um, I think it was Goals 2022 and uh, New Year's Resolution. I just basically titled in a better way. And suddenly got 300, uh, 300 searches, uh, there's 300 clicks very, very fast. So the, the first part is understanding how to title your video. The second part is that you need to package it correctly. So you need the title, you need the, the thumbnail, you need the topic to be correct. Then you need to be good enough to keep the entertainment with people so that you people stay with you. They, you, 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 you have them there. And, uh, and the last part, it's, uh, it's basically being consistent. That's what basically the algorithm is all about. It's just like, well, you know, I upload one video today and a month later and I, I, I upload another video and uh, I don't do anything with it. So the important thing is don't create content about the uh, algorithm, create content for people and think always of serving people and make sure that you make your content searchable. And that's that's the whole thing. It's not that complicated in reality. <laughs> oh, it's very complicated, but I've got a few more. I've got a few more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves in business like Ernesto Verdugo. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. All right, Ernesto, you talked about thinking like a YouTuber. And a lot of baby boomers and Gen Xers, we just didn't grow up with this type of technology and this fast-paced stuff and people monetizing you just for throwing shit on the internet. What do you mean by think like a YouTuber? Thinking like a YouTuber is basically having the right mindset before you click record. That is just super important. 
when you um, are thinking like a YouTuber, you're always thinking, well, you know, how can I make my video more interesting so that people will stay with me? So you're going to think of different topics. You're going to go to some of the tools that are used so that, so that you will be able to find out what people are searching for. And then suddenly you're going to start uh, creating content. This content is just not going to be you talking, but you're going to be thinking a little bit like, how can I tell a story, visual storytelling? And this is just so incredibly important in YouTube. I mean, the biggest uh, YouTubers like uh, Logan Paul, like Mr. Beast, like PewDiePie, uh, those guys are always telling stories and they are magnificent in telling stories. And then they get you into their entire imagination. Basically, right now, YouTube has taken over regular television. I do not know about YouTube, but I, I don't have cable for about seven or eight years. Uh, my uh, entertainment is based either in YouTube, Netflix, or Hulu, and that is it. So the world has changed, and uh, Generation X and the baby boomers are still thinking, well, you know, I have to think, like, if I will be uh, trying to create some television. No, you're basically creating new, new ways on connecting with people. And the most important thing is learn from what other people are doing. If you watch a video and you liked it, make a note of it. What did they do? And always treat every video as an experiment. You do something in your video. Basically, the, the, the last six videos that you created represent your baseline. So, for example, if your baseline, your, the, the, the average of your views of your baseline is uh, 200 views, your goal is to try to see, well, possibly this, view, this uh, video had 300 views. How, what did I do that actually worked to, to get 300 views? And then you're learning on every single video that you're creating. So having the mindset of a YouTuber is learning to every and, and accept failures. I mean, I have done some videos that have done very well and some videos that have absolutely bombed. And uh, every, every time I learn from them, I always try every video. I try to make it better. Every video, I try to make it better. Now, this work, I do a little bit more because the essence in YouTube is do more of what works and less of what doesn't work. That is more or less what I mean with uh, thinking like a YouTuber. So when we're talking to companies who have a YouTube channel, sometimes companies are going to be a little conservative. Their marketing department doesn't want to get in trouble. Their CEO doesn't want to seem like they're, they're too edgy. What should companies do with the content that they're putting out? Because I love this thing of think about YouTube. You said, think about YouTube for new ways to connect with people. And yet, does that work for a corporation? Absolutely. Well, I think it's uh, it's incredibly important for any corporation to, to get into that. And once again, the important thing is to use YouTube as a, as a way to bond with your uh, prospective uh, company. And uh, the important thing is that you use visual storytelling to tell more about what is what your uh, company can do for uh, a specific target market or what is it what they are doing. So you, I think it's a... It's not a bad idea, and this is just something that I definitely would recommend. Uh, just hire an intern, possibly for a summer. Just hire somebody which is into video, uh, into creating uh, different kinds of, uh, uh, of video uh, uh, content, not social media, because this is a big mistake. Don't put YouTube into the social media basket, because it's not. YouTube is a library, same as Pinterest is a uh, gallery. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, 
Snapchat, Instagram are a thief. So what happens is if you post something in YouTube, it's going to stay there for a long, long time, and people are going to be able to retrieve it years after you have posted it. In social media, you post something, and uh, it could be your your uh, daily dishes in the restaurant. In about three days, that post is going to be gone because everybody's actually posting on that same feed. So you need to think completely different. So don't get an intern, which is a social media manager. Hire somebody that has an interest on video and tell them um, and ask them questions. Ask them questions about storytelling. Let them show you how the whole thing works. This is what I teach my uh, the my clients you know what you have to think a little bit of reverse mentoring hire somebody which is uh, 15 16 17 18 years old somebody which is just on age to be um, uh, employed get them for a summer or for uh, three or four months ask them questions and let them well you know what we want to take our company to youtube what kind of content we can create because you know i mean i could talk about some advice, but every company is different. But if you understand just these these principles and you're open for a younger generation to teach an older generation and behave like if you like if that would be Yoda and you will be uh, you will be uh, Luke Skywalker, learn from them, listen to what they have to say. This is exactly what I have done. I've been learning from kids. And I love it because they have opened opportunities that I would have never under my own way of thinking, discovered myself. (laughs) So Ernesto, what last piece of advice are you burning to share for companies or individuals who want to grow on YouTube? Get started and don't quit. I mean, it is a, it is a long uh, term thing, but once again, you're creating a library. You are going to be putting together content and uh, every piece of content that you're going to be creating at the beginning, it's going to be crap. And don't get discouraged. The more that you create content and the more that you understand how powerful video would be in the years to come. I mean, we have been predicting for a number of years that's going to be the year of video. It's going to be the year of video. Well, the year of video already passed. <laughs> I mean, right now, it's just how it is. Right now, most of the, of the uh, co- uh, consumption of content on the internet is actually done by video. And uh, also, once again, think of YouTube as you are having the opportunity of having a broadcasting company at your disposal. It's a, it's an incredible tool. And uh, as a last piece of advice, if you would like me to help you, connect with me. <laughs> nice. That was going to be my next question. Where can people find you? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I would love to, to check your channel. Just go to Better Call Ernie. And uh, make an appointment with me, and I will be delighted to uh, have a little conversation and uh, see how I can help you. Nice. Check out bettercallernie.com, uh, and that will lead you to Ernesto Verdugo. All right. Thank you for being a guest here on Making Waves at Sea Level. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. Hope you learned something today. Every single week, we try to do two shows where we're going to expose you to different ideas and things from entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, sea level executives, right here on Making Waves at Sea Level. Do me a favor, go tell a friend about the podcast because everyone who tells me they listen says they heard about it from somebody else. So word of mouth, still super popular. All right, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Ernesto. But in the meantime, go out there, flex your business muscles, make sure your career ladder is against the correct wall. And while you're out there doing all that stuff, have some fun along the way. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. 
Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.